0: Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. I want to talk today about the importance of genuine connection. The importance of genuine connection. How many know that we're, we're created for relationship? If you don't, I'm going to let you know today we were created for relationship. It's so important that we have connection in life. As I was going through this this morning, I usually like to just kind of run over the notes and you know just pray over it and see if there's anything else. I started having these different ideas about connection. When you look out in, you know, just nature and just, you know, life itself, there's all these connections and so I started jotting down some different things that that we're really like an analogy for that. One is this puzzle pieces. Does anyone here like to do puzzles? The f- same three of us. All right. My son Aiden loves puzzles. I mean, I don't know where he gets this from because I don't normally do them. Okay, Kristen does. That's where he gets it from. He gets it from Kristen, but you know, we in our boardroom here, um, I'll usually go on and be like, "What happened?" There's usually a two thousand plus piece puzzle strewn everywhere, right? and and he'll have little bits and pieces put together. Let me just tell you, I grew up as a PK, and so you kind of sometimes feel like it's a second home, right? So sometimes he has to be in the office. We pick him up from school. We have to come back. There's things to do, and so he's in here. And every Sunday, I'm like, oh, I got a meeting. I am meeting with a couple. I'm counseling. I got a marriage thing, and so I have to clean it all up. But he loves puzzles. Now, what's really cool about a puzzle, I've done enough to know, doesn't it feel so gratifying and satisfying when you put that last piece in? Or any piece. There's something about when something fits together because you're trying. Oh, no, no, wait. You found it, right? It's that next piece together. You know, it illustrates the way connections bring things together. How connections cause this completion to happen with one another, we could even say. Here's another one I was thinking about. A key. I'm not speaking Spanish. That means here in Spanish. A key. (laughs) Anyway, there's a joke there. I'm not going to say it. So, keys are important, aren't they? Uh, we, what was that show we watched? I don't know. If it was on Netflix or what. It was like something in key, lock and key, or something like that. And it was about all these different keys that you could put in, and it would open certain uh, like portals and dimensions. It was really cool. It was all biblical. I'm just joking. But it was really cool. But we love this concept of keys, don't we? Let me say this a key is common until you lose it. Right? If you lose your keys to the car, guess what? You're not going anywhere. If you lose the keys to your house, you're not getting in there. You know, if you had a special key to a special room that had something special within it, if you lose that key, you're not going in. What's interesting about a key is it's common until you lose it because once you get it again, isn't it amazing? like, I found the key. Why are you so excited that you found the key? Because I can start the car now and go to work because I'm so excited to go to work, right? But there's something about a key. It's common until you lose it. Why? It seems to fit. It fits together. It's connected. I thought about this idea of a tree. Think of tree roots, right? Tree roots, they extend deep into the ground, right? It symbolizes the importance of strong connections and providing stability. It provides support. And for a tree, it brings life-giving nutrients. There's something about that root system. How about this? You know, winter's upon us. Come on, guys, we know. This week was pretty nice, wasn't it? But, but, you know, what do we normally see flying south for the winter? A bunch of people from Michigan on airplanes. No, I know. I get it. I get it. But, but we see birds. It isn't just amazing when you see birds. Have you ever seen birds? as like this V of perfect sink. That's still okay. I don't know. Maybe I'm a, a nerd, but like that stuff is so cool to me. I love nature. I love watching these things. When you see even two birds, but I mean nonetheless several birds flying in sync, what does that portray? It portrays the harmony that can be achieved through deep connections and shared experiences. What about this? Have you ever seen a spider creating a web? I just saw this the other day. I don't scroll much through social media, but my wife will send me stuff and I'll watch it and then it'll lead you down a, a rabbit hole, man. You're like, get off this. But I saw this cool, this, this person filmed a spider building a web and then they did it like time-lapse. And it's just amazing. I mean, the precision in which it builds. But think about that. Every single strand of this, of this plays a vital role. In fact, it's so vital that the spider would die if it didn't do it correctly. Right? Those strands. Just a couple more things I thought about. My head just gets going. Think about a bridge. A bridge over just, like, say, even just a a creek. If it's 8, 10, 12 foot, you know, across, unless you're really young and really agile, you're not jumping over that. Right? And so I'm, I'm looking at some here going, no, I would not even attempt it if it was two feet. But a bridge is interesting because whether it's over a creek or, or, like some of you said, there's a creek or a, a river or a lake. Anyone ever been over the Mackinac Bridge? still a sight to see, right? Especially at night. It's beautiful. A bridge does something. It connects things. It bring things, brings things together. And then the last example I thought about, and, and I thought about this because of our recent trips together, is two hands reaching out to each other there's something about being in the car with Kristen and she's usually better at this than me because I've always got a million things on my mind and she's going to go and, hey hey bring it down but when she reaches her hand across there on the council I know that's an invitation for my hand that we meet hers And I'm, I'm telling you maybe I'm super sentimental and emotional um, I'm one of those guys like you know you ever been to a marriage seminar anyone here a couple all of, maybe some of you should go but um, I'm, I'm just kidding. When you go to a marriage seminar, usually they're talking about, you know, women are so vocal and they're so detailed, and the guys are like, er, and they grunt and stuff. And you know what's cool? My wife always looks at me and goes, that's not you. Sometimes you're too detailed, sometimes you're too emotional, <laughs> right? But you know, when I, when I think about the idea of, of two hands coming together, like with us, babe, it, it, it does something to me. It brings peace to my soul. I feel a connection there. That's the craziest thing. And I think as I've grown older, I'm seeing the importance of these connections, but I'm also able to sense that in a greater way. Does that make sense? And some of you who are younger, listen to this. Connection is so important. And so I want to talk about that today because, you know, those two hands coming together symbolize the power of human connection and unity. And it goes further than just you and your significant other. This is for all humanity. So many times I think it's easy to miss the importance of genuine connection. So I want to delve into this idea this morning of real-life relationships. Like I said, the older that I get, uh, the more that I realize the importance of true relationships and really how essential they are. I'm not just talking about having a friend or having an acquaintance. I mean, if we have a job that's outside our home if we go to the grocery store, if there's anything that we go and personally get, there's someone that you know. I understand that. But I'm talking more about people that you can be with and you can be your true self with. Now, when I say that, it seems simple, but it's not so simple. We have to be able to be our true selves. And I'll tell you, I found with all my years in the religious community sometimes it's the hardest place to be real it really can be and so as a pastor I believe I can speak into you know this place in this space why is it pastor well I, I think one reason is people are afraid to be open and honest because maybe they feel they'll be judged and for some of us maybe we're like well yeah I was that's my experience I've been judged Maybe for others, it's the idea, and maybe this goes along with the idea of judgment, but it's the idea of the embarrassment or shame that might come to you if you were to open up with others. See, we have to have this space and this place. We have to have relationships and connections where we can be open and honest. Where we're open and honest, we're not shamed. Because I'm telling you, there's something that I've learned about the heart of our Heavenly Father is... Holy Spirit's never there to shame us. Even when something comes through as discipline and admonishment, it's never to shame us. It's to make us a better version of ourselves. It's to point something out. Why? Well, that's a lie that you believe about yourself. That's a lie you believe about others. That's a lie you believe about me. Well, why are you showing this this to me, Holy Spirit? So I, Jesus, the way, the... Truth and the life can bring truth to that situation and bring healing virtue. Literally heal you in those areas of your soul. This is so important. And so you have people that are broken. They, they they feel that sense of I'll be embarrassed, I'll be shamed, I'll be judged if I were to be open and honest. But then on the other side, remember I talked about the ditches? There's some people who are just not teachable. And I'm telling you, I run into them, being a pastor for over a decade, you just run into people who aren't teachable. I mean, you're literally in a conversation and you're seeing things. They're there for help. You're giving them help and they almost ignore you and you can see their minds already looking for something else to say and they're not hearing anything and my heart goes out to them with empathy empathy, saying, your situation will not change. You're not even listening. You're not teachable. They think they know it all. They think they have it all figured out and I've even had people either You can tell by what they're saying or literally say, well, why would I listen to you or that person? You're just idiots. I mean, that's just such a bad place to be in life. And so you have the one side that's just, I'm broken, I'm not worthy. The other side is kind of pride, you know, prideful and arrogant. I'm telling you, both sides are ditches. We have to come to a place in the middle where, like, I need connection. It's so important because according to Scripture and I guess we could say according to God, because we believe that God inspired. Scripture is God-breathed. Can I get an amen? If we look at Scripture, it states that true relationships are essential. And what it does is it reminds us that although we are unique individuals, each one of us on our own, created by God with a purpose, with a calling, we often forget that we cannot fulfill that purpose. We cannot fulfill that calling without the support of others. We have to have connection. And so today I want to talk about the significance of cultivating and nurturing meaningful and true relationships and really highlight their transformative impact on our lives. I think it's so important. So I want to turn to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. And I want to look at this idea because it is scriptural to have this connection. Look at this. Look what God says in verse 18. He says, it is not good for the man to be alone. Now, I want you to stop right there. Now, this is what jumped out at me today. We're in the second chapter of Genesis. How many are familiar with the creation story? And so in the creation story, it's beautiful. If I don't read, I can't speak Hebrew, but I can go through, you know, man with technology, you can see so many things. And when you see the cadence and you see that this was a poem, a beautiful poem. I mean, this is beautiful literature, how it was written. And it, get this, it all ebbs and flows in sevens. Seven is the perfect number, right, according to, to the Jew. And so there's this beauty. But here's what's interesting. This just stuck out, just jumped out this morning at me. So chapter one, right, in the chapter two, what do we see in creation? God creates the sun, the moon, the stars, right, the, the, the waters, the land, animals, people. You follow me? You tracking with me? He creates all these things, and every time he does something, creates something, he says, It is very good. Now, listen, this is why I got to read stories in context. So, what you're reading is very good. It's very good. It's very good. It's very good. It's very good. Verse 18, It's not good. Do you see how that jumps out? This would jump off the page. The story being told, even orally, would go, Whoa, 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 everything was good. What just happened? The writer wants us to see something really important. We need to key in on this. It is what? Not good for the man to be alone. Isn't that like, I don't know, for me, it brought it to a new level. I got Holy Ghost goosebumps. I ran around the living room. No, I'm just kidding. But when I see that stuff, it's like, man, this stuff was written... On purpose, with purpose, to jump off the page at us to say, I want you to ch- I want you to listen, I want you to see, I want you to embrace what's being said here. It is not good for the man to be alone. And so what does God do? He says, I will make a helper, but he doesn't stop there. Who is what? Next four words. Just right for him. This is so cool to me. God saying, Listen, you have to have connection. This living as a loner doesn't work. Not only that, I want you to have someone in your life who is just right for you. Come on. Because I've had people in my life who were just wrong for me. Just being honest. Not that they're a bad person, but it just didn't work. It took me to bad places. I made bad decisions. Anyone else here? Come on. So we're talking about the importance of genuine connection. Think about that. Certain relationships in our lives uplift us, right? They aid us in living out our purpose, while others hinder our potential and our purpose. Have you experienced this? And so, you know, during this season of Thanksgiving, I can't believe. You know why I can't believe Thanksgiving is here? Because Christmas is on the heels of Thanksgiving. Come on, my 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 daughter, bless her heart. Like she's like it's. It, it, okay, can we get through Halloween before you put Christmas stuff up? Please. She did. Yeah, she, that same day she took down Halloween stuff, she put up Christmas. Let's get through Thanksgiving, right? And we'll go get our tree this week. That would be awesome. But during this season of Thanksgiving, for me, I am really grateful for my relationships with my family and my friends. I found that I'm at this place in my life where it's, it's taken center stage over the past few years. How about you? And I think as you get older, you notice these things and the importance of these relationships. You know, Pete was talking uh, last week. I wasn't able to hear the whole message, but I went back and listened to it. Man, it was powerful. Has anyone, has anyone been uh, shaking it off this week? Yeah, yeah. If you haven't had a chance, check out the podcast. Uh, Go on to YouTube, Facebook, listen to it again. It was so good. It was called Shake It Off. Shaking off those snakes, that poison, those things uh, through unforgiveness and bitterness. It was really, really well done. I loved it. But he said something in there that really touched me, and, and, and that was about our relationship. Being best friends. We need people like that. The thing I love about Pete is no matter where we've been on the journey, whether our beliefs were exactly there or not, we always would hear each other out. Right? It, it was a space that was safe to say, Dude, I messed up. Dude, I'm struggling with this. Dude, I see something new. We said dude a lot back then, right? We were in a band together. so. But it was this, this space where we could just be open and honest. And, and here's the thing about... People who you can trust with your heart, they're not afraid to speak the truth to you. But it's always done in love. Yes. Come on. Because how many know sometimes the truth does hurt? Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear this right now. But if someone speaks it in love and you know that they know that you know that we know each other's hearts, yeah. it's a big difference. And so even though it hurts, it speaks to you and it helps maybe make a correction in your course to do better. You know what? It's just like Holy Spirit. I try to get that through to myself and to you, that Holy Spirit is not trying to put you under the thumb, not trying to make you feel ashamed or unworthy. Holy Spirit's always, always, always saying, I want to get you back on course. I see the true, genuine, authentic you. Let's get you back on course to what that looks like. Does this make sense? And so these relationships, for me, have taken center stage. It's really important. And another thing I've noticed is that, you know, when, when people face pressure or challenging circumstances, this is interesting, their true thoughts and character often come to the forefront. Have you seen this? You have friends and you're just like, whoa, what, where did this person come from? I'm telling you when life comes and squeezes, sometimes who you really think you are comes out. And that's why it's important to get a proper identity, to see who we are in Christ. Have you ever been surprised by your friends' actions, maybe their words or responses during difficult times or circumstances? And and that's the thing about relationships. We should be able to be open and honest. But let me say this, not every single person is gonna be your best friend. It, it, It can't happen. It won't happen. Sometimes it's very rare to find someone For a long amount of time. Have you ever had someone who was a best friend and then you look back and you're like, wow, like two years ago they weren't anymore? Right? You grow, it's a journey. But it's important that we have these relationships. Now let me say this I don't want us to misunderstand this idea as an us versus them mentality. That's something that we're big. Jesus was not us versus them. Jesus would have conversation, meal, spend time with any and everyone. It didn't matter if you were a tax collector, a prostitute, rejected by the temple. Jesus would spend time with you. Why? He knew that if he could spend time with you and show you love and show you kindness, it would draw you to a place of changing your mind. So it's important that we have a circle that's open to everyone. Does that make sense? But today we're talking more specifically about that inner circle, that space. You know that Jesus, I mean, think about it. He had the crowds who followed him, but then you move in the ring a little further, right? And he had some closer friends and a little further into the ring or closer and it would be the 12 disciples. But even a little further in, he had three disciples he spent the most time with. And so I think it's important we know not just who we surround ourselves with because our circle should always be open to everyone, but what about the inner circle? You know, how is this uh, changing your thoughts and your decisions, right? So again, I don't want us to misunderstand this as a us versus them mentality, but rather as discerning who we allow to have a significant influence on our hearts and our life decisions. Does that make sense? And so, you know, Again, I'm going to emphasize this. Everyone should be welcome into our circle as a friend, okay? But we have to be very wise in our choices regarding who truly impacts and influences us. I want to look at the writer of Hebrews here. Hebrews 10, verse 22. I I love this in the message. It says, let's do it. Full of belief, confident that we're presentable inside and out. I love that confidence, come on. Let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He always keeps his word. This next sentence is awesome to me. It always is. Let's see how, what? Is it up there? Let's see how inventive we can be. I love that. In encouraging love and helping out. Not avoiding worshiping together as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. Let's be inventive in encouraging love, helping one another and not avoiding fellowship with one another. I think this is what the church should resemble today. How about you? And how many know that we're the church? Raise your hand and say, I'm the church. This is what we should resemble today. And I love this. It says, not avoiding worship together. Really, we could simply sum it up like this. Don't avoid others. Right? Don't be a loner. We can't do life on our own. And then the Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Look at this in verse 12. I love this analogy. He says, the human body has many parts. Now, think about it. This was written over 2,000 years ago, right? Science isn't, wasn't where it is today, but I just love how he frames this. He says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up what? The one whole body. So it is with what? The body of Christ. Look at verse 24. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members, so that all the members do what? Care for each other. Verse 26, if one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, look at all the parts are glad. Can you see the connection? Again, connection is essential. So you might say, well, what does this have to do with relationships, Pastor. When I read something like this, I just feel like it's a call to come to church. All you people watching online, I want you here next week. Well, it applies to us meeting together. But I also think that it shows us how important it is to not do life alone. And if that's the case, that we should choose friends wisely. Choosing who you surround yourself with matters. It's really important. And it's important to have others. Why? Because we can't do this alone. Let me sum it up like this. Every decision we make affects others for good or for bad. And so we need to consider just even the idea. I've shared this several times, but I think this idea is really cool. You know, bees are really important for pollination. And a majority of the resources of food that we have come from bees pollinating. Did you know this? Scientists say that if the bees went away, within a few years, we would go away. I mean, that's a pretty amazing thing. As much as they don't like, I don't have conversations with bees and pet them and have them over for dinner. I don't like bees. You know, I I used to be in the trades, and I would do lots of decks, you know, power wash and and stain and that. And there were always bees nests everywhere. I would get stung all day long through the day. Luckily, I'm not allergic. But I wasn't like, this is great because I'm not allergic. No, I never liked it. Okay, so as much as I don't really want to have a relationship with bees, I do anyway, because if they didn't exist, I wouldn't exist. Does that make sense? It helps us understand, you know, how specific relationships affect our lives. Right. It's so essential that we have relationships. And so what I want to do is I just want to take a few moments to reflect on our current relationships. Close your eyes for a minute. I want you to think about the closest friends that you have. And for a lot of us, it's probably a good thing, you know, people that we can trust, people that love us. But here's a question. How are they influencing us? How are they influencing us? Now, look up here. This isn't a message of legalism. Like, shut everyone down who doesn't profess Jesus as Lord. Okay, I'm not saying that. I want us to be honest with ourselves this morning and, and, and kind of take an internal, you know, uh, idea here of, okay, when I'm with that person, does it help me be the best version of myself or does it take me down the wrong path? Does that make sense? It doesn't mean that that person's bad. It just might mean that they're not the best for you right now where you are in this course of life. I'll give you an example I've had a lot of pastor friends. I've had friends in the ministry. And, you know, as I've, I'm just a digger. I love to dig in the scripture. I love to dig into original language. I, I, it's not that I'm looking for something new. <laughs> I don't know. There's just something in me that wants to dig and, and dig deeper and over just maybe what, I've, what I have learned in, in Sunday school and children's church. And it's not that those things weren't great. I've kept so many of those foundational things. But I have this desire to dig and sometimes I can come across one word in the original language and how many know one word changes the entire meaning of a sentence and you know what I'll be honest you're like oh you love that don't you no sometimes I don't because I'm like oh man I've been preaching this way I've been believing this what does this mean Holy Spirit thanks God you know one of those moments but but it gets me to go okay I'm gonna dig deeper what does this really mean and sometimes I found that it's It's changed some of my beliefs about God. It's changed my beliefs about others and about myself. It's never changed the fact that I believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Come on. Those tenets of faith that are salvific. But there's certain things. And the sad thing is, when you begin to go down these roads, you begin to lose relationships. You just do. Pastor Tom, you can attest to it. Pastored since the mid '90s, right? Now you're retired. You're like, Hallelujah! I'm just going to go to church now. But, <laughs> but when you change beliefs, it's 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 a scary thing, and it's scary for others. And I get that. I don't look down on anyone, you know. But some people are like, I just can't go on this journey with you anymore, man. I mean, you're changing a belief that I hold so high, right? And I understand that. But in those situations, I've lost relationships. And so what I've learned to do is say, okay, that person was on this, on this journey with me for, you know, six months, two years, eight years, whatever it is, for a reason. We glean from one another. We learn from one another. And so it's, it's helped me in those situations to not get offended. I mean, you know, it's, that's not always easy. Um, it's helped me to uh, not look down on someone who won't change the way they believe it's given me a sense of empathy for others to say, you know what, this is my journey, it's not theirs. And so I need to let them be who they are. But I also have to move on because I feel pulled by Holy Spirit to go this way. And so it's important that we do that. So every, every end to a relationship isn't like a bad thing, like, you know, it was horrible, it was toxic, you know. And let me just, you know, I, I guess say this, if you're in a relationship that's abusive and toxic, Get out. You don't have to stay there. Love doesn't make you stay there to suffer more abuse. That's not love. Come on. And so in those relationships, sometimes it's important to say this is too toxic. But here's the thing. You don't hold bitterness. You shake it off, like Pete said, right? You walk away. You love them from afar. And you say, Holy Spirit, I give them to you. I cast that care on you. But they can't be in my life right now. This isn't good for me. It takes me in a wrong direction. Does that make sense? But then you have more minor things. Where, you know, I'm not saying go to work tomorrow and say, the pastor said you can't be my friend anymore. Don't do that. Don't do that. Maybe you just choose to not share your dreams and your hopes and the things that you're looking toward because that's not the right person. Does that make sense? And so it's important that we do this. We found those people that aren't hindering us, but they're helping us become the best version of ourselves. We need to recognize the friends who have positively impacted our character and helped us reach our potential and our purpose in life. I just want to look at a few things here in Scripture. 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. So again, think about this. Are your current relationships hindering or helping you to be the best version of yourself? The calling and purpose that God has brought you to. It's essential to evaluate our relationships. And I talk about this at least once, if not twice a year. Because the way that you navigate your journey, I'm telling you, who you have with you makes a big difference. Does that make sense? Look at this in Proverbs 20, verse 6. It says, many will say they are loyal friends, but who can find one who is truly reliable? Man, there's some good stuff in the Proverbs. I'm telling you. Because I've had times I thought, man, they are such loyal friends. And they're, where'd they go? Come on, anyone been there? You're like, man, you don't have my back. It's like, I don't know where you are. You disappeared. I'm telling you. But who can find one who is truly reliable? Those people that stick through thick and thin like Pete. I'm telling you, man, we have known. I've known him since he was 15 years old. How old is Pete now? Do you, 46. Huh? Yeah, let's not do math right now. 45. He's in his mid-40s. 30 years. That's, that's just amazing. I don't think I've ever had a friend that long, that close of a friend that long. That's a true friend. That's someone that I can truly rely upon. Come on. And I've even got, you know, friends of one or two or three years that I feel I can truly rely upon. Look at this, Proverbs 27, uh, verse 5 and 6. An open rebuke is better than than hidden love wounds from a sincere friend are better than get this kisses from an enemy this is what i was talking about earlier is we need people who will speak truth to us in love but speak truth people who are just yes men and yes women we don't need that we need people who say hey bro hey sis the road you're going down is going to lead to disaster are you being legalistic no it's called being responsible It's called being faithful. We don't take those out of the equations because of the grace of God. In fact, it empowers us to say no to sin. Grace empowers us to be faithful. Come on, somebody. Now, again, we need to read these scriptures, right? We need to ask ourselves, who are my friends? Who are the ones that I surround myself with? Proverbs 27, 9. The heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense, Proverbs 27, 17, I love this. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Isn't that beautiful? I was thinking about this this morning that when I hear this, I picture an arrow. How many know that an arrow is created with purpose? The purpose is to hit the bullseye, right? And I found this, that when iron sharpens iron, guess what's involved? Friction. Oh, man. Sometimes that friction doesn't mean I'm done with you. It means, ooh, there's some work going on here. Because that arrow was meant, it has purpose to do what? To hit a target. Anyone ever done archery or been in archery? I did it like once, never did it again. I was horrible at it. The hay bale seemed like this small. (laughs) But the purpose is to hit the bullseye in the middle. Guess what? That person alongside of you is there to help you hit that bullseye with your plan and purpose in life. Come on. So if we're to evaluate our relationships today, are there any that need to be reprioritized? It's not easy. And again, I'm not advocating necessarily that you just cut people off, cut them out of your lives, right? You just may have to put them in a different spot in the circle, right? Because I think we need to do everything we can to include everyone in relationship, but There are times where there are particular individuals who are so toxic that we need to cut it out. Just like I said earlier, you need to say, okay, enough with this. But there's also people that we maybe need to move outside that inner circle and others we need to welcome in. Why? And again, this isn't telling them, hey, you're out of the inner circle. Hey, you're in now. You follow me, right? It's right here. We're going, okay, this person has my heart. They're going to speak the truth in love. See, it's not about being better than someone else. It's about making better choices in relationships for yourself. I want to end with this, Proverbs 17, 17. It says, friends love through all kinds of weather and families stick together in all kinds of trouble. Will you stand with me this morning? Let me say it again. I am so grateful for the presence of friends and family those types of relationships in my life, those who genuinely have my best interest at heart. And so maybe you're here this morning and you think, you know what, Pastor, that's, that's a great sermon, buddy. It's a great talk, but like I have no one, no one I can trust. I get that. I've been at moments in my journey where I felt like I had no one I could trust, but there is one you can trust. That's why it's important to have that quiet time. You know, when you feel that stress, that worry, when there's a life decision that seems monumental, those are those times you get in that quiet space, right? And you say, Holy Spirit, I don't know what to do. I've heard pastors say the best prayer sometimes is help. <laughs> but we have to ask for it because it opens us up to receive. It's not that God isn't willing to help and hasn't already helped, but it's more... A posture of ourself to open and receive how many of you can't benefit from something unless you believe it firstly and secondly you accept it you receive it and so it's important that we do that even in those situations where we feel like we have no one. let me pray for you Heavenly Father, we thank you so much just for this just the fact that we can look around at nature and and even man-made things, and we see there's something about connection. Like, you know, unless I have a connection to a cell tower, I can't get a call through. Unless I can connect into that outlet in the house, I'm not going to get coffee. But it goes even deeper. There's so many things we can see where connection matters. And maybe there's some people here today who, they're struggling. They're in a place where, they're like, I really have no one that I feel I can trust. I pray that you're already preparing hearts. You're already preparing people. You're bringing people together that are just right for them. People who will celebrate when things go well. People who will be there when things aren't going so well. People who will encourage in that time of need. People who will admonish and even speak things The truth, even when it hurts, but they always do it in love. We need that. We need that connection. It's so important to have genuine connection in life. Just pray this with me. Holy Spirit, show me right now any relationship that isn't helping me. Help me make better choices in who I choose to be a confidant, to be a close friend. And Father, we just call those people into each and everyone's life right now in Jesus' name. Just say, I receive it, Lord. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.